0: Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. All right, as you know, it's panel night. You guys can make your way up if you are a part of our panel. Go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to kind of introduce them as they're all seated here. On the far right, we have Kenzie Spears. Kenzie, go ahead and give a wave. Let's give it up for Kenzie. She's our high school girls, small group leader. She's been serving faithfully at the church for a long time now um, in youth. So we're so appreciative of Kenzie. And then we have uh, Mackenzie and Pastor Levinsky next. And yeah. Yeah. Pastor Levinsky is our uh, worship pastor and Mackenzie does everything behind the scenes I mean this wo- this woman is very gifted in a lot of different things and they've been married for over seven years seven years and then we have we have Clint without yep yeah. without his better half tonight his high school sweetheart but Clint how long have you been married Fourteen, all right, fourteen. Let's give it up for Clint again. He'll be talking about Steph, even though she she couldn't make it. And then lastly we have the lovely uh, Tyler Metcalf, my husband. Him and I have been married for three and a half years and have been together for seven. Just celebrated seven years of, of dating each other. So that's pretty awesome. Okay. I don't know what they said. Let's just keep going. Okay. <laughs> So the first thing that I wanted to do is, before we dive into the questions, I just kind of wanted to go down the line and quickly, um, starting with Kenzie, just talk a little bit about how you came to know Christ, and then if you are married, I want you to talk about how you came to know Christ and how you came to know each other. So Kenzie, take it away.
1: Hi.
0: Um, I, I've always had a relationship with the
1: Lord. Um, my mom always read the bible to me and prayed with me before, before meals so i've always known the lord but i would say i definitely grew in my relationship with him um my junior and senior year of college and then actually like devoted my life to him the year two years after i graduated college like i actually had a full-on relationship with him instead of just knowing him awesome mackenzie Mackenzie is
2: single. She said, I'm single, sorry. a single lady. <laughs> um, Mackenzie, I actually found the Lord when I was in high school because my best friend, who knew the Lord, invited me to summer camp. She said those words, summer camp, not church camp. Would have been a very different answer for me, but she said, why don't you come to summer camp with me? And it ended up being a Pentecostal church camp that I went to and I very quickly found the Lord. So, and yeah, so invite your friends to camp people. It really can make a difference. It changed my life. Um, and I met Levinsky in ministry
3: school, right? Check, check. Awesome. All right. Okay. So for me, um, I didn't have this, like, this is the day that, I met the Lord, you know it was just really just over time, grew up in church, um, had a grandmother who I loved so much, who just prayed over me, just yeah. persistently praying over me, and I just felt called even at a young age to to be a worship pastor and I, not many people have that and um, and uh, and i don 't take it for granted, honestly, I knew at a young age that I wanted to be in church and I wanted to serve the Lord through music so um, obviously, along the way, you've got there's things that, roadblocks that, that you kind of have to go through and, and peer pressure and all of that stuff. But Jesus, I can, even right now, I can see how Jesus has just shielded me from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm just super grateful that, that I get the opportunity to love the Lord. Yeah, right so. And I met Mackenzie in Bible College. Bible school. <laughs> got it.
4: So I was not a good boy before oh God. <laughs> I met Jesus. <laughs> so can I get any amens in the room? Anybody relate to me? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't let anybody know you're a bad boy. So I didn't I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus till I was 16. So I can relate to those that maybe aren't there yet or maybe just came in a good relationship with Jesus. Praise God if you did. Uh, and it was the same corresponding time that I met this cute little blonde girl at a basketball game. So that's how it all started. I, was, I knew the cousin of this girl, and I said, you know, hook me up with this girl, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll wait a year until I, I pursue having her be my girlfriend. And he's like, all right. So a year later, we started dating. That's my story.
5: <laughs> that's tough to beat. <clears throat> um, I grew up Catholic, so I would go to church, like, in, uh, in school once a week. Didn't really know God. Didn't really, like Kenzie mentioned, it. didn't really have a relationship with God. Um, Graduated college. During my four years of college at Warburg, I probably went to church like ten times. Didn't really care for it. I was out on my own, right, so I didn't have to go to chapel or church. And then 20, sorry, what year did we meet? We met in 2016. I graduated May of 2017 she asked me, hey, would you like to go to church? Different from the church you're used to, but I think you'll really like it. Thank God you did because it changed my life. So fall of 2017, I started going to Crosspoint Church. Um, yeah, I would say it was about that time within the next probably two to three months when I truly came to know God. Um, and that's an evolving thing. Even like still today, I read scripture and I'm like, I know God better now today because of what I just read. Um, but got baptized, water baptized in February of 2020, um, just outward declaration that I'm going to follow Jesus. And uh, we've been married, or wait, we, what, met. we met.
0: Dance team. Dance team, Warper. that's right, yeah. Warburg University. <laughs> you finish. Yeah, so for me, uh, I also grew up in church, but it wasn't until I went also to camp where I really uh, realized that it's a relationship. It's not just a, a religious thing, it's a relationship. And, yeah, so that's kind of where um, it started for me, and I got a taste of that relationship. And then it wasn't until I started coming to Crosspoint with Tyler in 2017 where that came back, and it came um, in full. And one thing that I do want to say is that when Tyler and I started coming, there was a man by the name of Dave Shutnik and I know I've said his name before. Dave. But Dave, like, would find Tyler every time he walked in the door, and he would try to get him involved in anything, anything to do with the honestly tried group, to avoid anything. him.
5: I'm like, get away from me, Dave. I'm like just figuring this church thing out. I
0: think Dave is a pivotal reason why Tyler is the way that he is because he just pursued him. And so if you're annoyed of one of your youth leaders, someday you're going to be grateful. All right? (laughs) Okay, so yes, we did meet on the dance team. We've told you guys that before Um, at Warburg. I tried out for the dance team, didn't realize it was a co-ed thing that I needed to find a guy partner, realized that, oh, I do need to find a man. So then somebody um, connected us, and then he was flipping me above his head. Anyways, that's how we met. Okay, first question. How do you know that you actually love someone? How do you know that you actually love somebody? Anybody, anybody, anybody.
3: Let's go, Love Locks. Oh, gosh, okay. Yeah, I guess it is, it is. Levinsky. Well, okay, I can speak from my experience. Um, When I was dating Mackenzie, obviously... I didn't go in for the kill and said, I love you, right from the start. <laughs> because I, d- I really didn't know, you know. It, we just I just didn't know. and um, And I just remember just wanting to know who she was. And so we dated, and we just kept on dating, and I got to know her. And it was to the point where I realized, I want to be with this woman for the rest of my life and at that point it wasn't this gooey feeling it wasn't this like wow i get this butterfly every time i'm around her maybe that's the sign that i love her it was literally this download which i really felt from the holy spirit that said this is your this is going to this is the one for you you know and and it's not like oh you have it's not like you have oh this one person that that is designed for you i don't believe in that but in that moment when, when we were in school, it was, this is my person. This is my ride or die. This is the person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. And it was to the point where I'm like, I don't even care if she doesn't say that I love you back. It was me consciously saying, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to choose to love this girl for the rest of my life. Now it became a choice it became a choice because we're going to grow old together <laughs> and even till this day i'm like i want to do this life with her you know and so it's not this gooey feeling it, it, you you will know yeah. that's how I, that's how i can honestly answer this is that you will know when you will love when you can actually love someone when you're saying to yourself i don't care what it looks like i want to be with this person for the rest of my life and yeah. yeah.
5: Well, I was just gonna add to that. Like, it's you might hear that and be like, "Well, that like doesn't feel that practical." Like, oh, you'll just know. But that really is the truth about right. it. Like, you'll just kind of know. For Pastor Madison and I, we had been dating for six months, and again, some of you have maybe heard this, but kind of went through like a rough patch in that summer where she was ready to give up, and at that point. <laughs> At that point, I'm like, no, like, this is what I want. Because, again, I was, like, so focused on football at that time. I'm like, okay, football, I got one year left. Like, mm. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. I can't mm. do football the rest of my life. And so maybe, is that, is that okay, yeah. <laughs> it was a great choice. That's why I'm here. Um, but I just think, and then we were on our one year, was it, when we went uh, skating. And I was just, just being with her. I'm like, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with her, kind of like. Pastor Levinsky said, it's like, I'm willing to do, I think a scripture, and I had to look it up just to verify, but it talks in Ephesians how husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church, yeah. and so in that time, I started to get to know Christ a little bit as yeah. well, and I realized the love that he had for us, and his sacrificial love, mm. and so when I started to weed out some of my own um, selfishness, and started to be more serving and mm. giving to her, It was like, I want to do this with her forever. Yeah, that's good.
0: One thing I do want to add is I just... I think that there's this tendency. You guys, you guys have information thrown at you all the time, and so it's kind of like sometimes we want it to be really, really practical. Like we want to follow this formula, or we want to like be able to type into Google, "How do I know if I'm in love with someone?" and have all these steps and check boxes. And I just want to say, just don't, just don't Google it. Don't think that it's going to look exactly um, like it is going to look to the next person. Um, the, the three questions that I think you can ask is, "Are you committed to each other? Are you committed to that person?" Do you have fun with each other? Do you feel like you can be yourself? And then lastly, do you push each other towards Christ? Mm -hmm. And I think if you can answer those three questions positively, then it's probably a good thing. Okay, next question. How can I feel loved or be content when I don't have a partner? What does it look like to wait?
2: (laughs) You got it, Kenzie.
1: Okay, so there's kind of like three questions in this one the first one, like, how can I feel loved when I don't have a partner? And I just really want to emphasize to you guys, single does not mean alone. Sorry. Oh, I have to talk Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> single does not mean alone. Okay. So if you're just on the fact that you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're going to miss out on all the love God has placed around you through your friends and your family, your youth family, your youth leaders. Okay. So don't fixate on the fact that because you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you're not loved. Okay. Um moving to how can I feel content when I don't have a partner? Um, I'm not going to, like, sit up here and lie to you guys and be like, every day I wake up, I'm like, I love being single. This is great. Okay, like, I don't do that. Like, there's days where I feel defeated. I feel tired, exhausted. I feel skipped over. Okay, but I know that, like, God knows the desires of my heart. So all I need to do is turn on some worship music or open my word. And like the lies of the enemy just start melting away. Okay, like God knows I want to be a wife, He knows I want to be a mother. Right. Like He's gonna take care of that, and I trust that. That's good. So, how I feel content and like what it looks like for me in my waiting, um, I pray for my future husband every single night. Okay, like I pray for a godly man in a godly marriage. And like, if you don't know my story, that's like pain breaking prayers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't had godly marriages Mm -hmm. modeled for me. I've only seen unequally yoked marriages, okay? So if I'm praying these chain-breaking prayers, God's going to do some chain-breaking work in my life, okay? So he is going to – like, he's been revealing to me, like, some things that have been modeled to me that I need to unlearn, Mm. some things I need to heal from. He's been – teaching me to get into a better relationship with him. Because if I'm, if I'm praying for a godly husband, I don't get to just be a dud of a wife. Like, I have to, I have to equally be a godly wife. So it's like I need to train my heart, train myself to be that godly wife to the godly man I've been praying for. So it's like I've been learning to be obedient, to listen to him, to trust him, to be faithful to him, even when it's hard. So I guess, like, my biggest advice to you guys in your waiting is maximize your singleness. Spend time with him. Like, don't just sit here and, like, in self-pity. Like, know what you want in your relationship and ask God to reveal how you can be that, what he wants for your relationship. And if you feel like you don't have the same story as me where you have had a godly relationship modeled for you, have grace for your partner. Like, maybe God's still working on them, and keep praying for them, okay? You are going to be their rock, okay? Yeah. So just keep praying for them. And I guess, like, for me, in my waiting, I just trust the Lord. I don't know. That's, yeah. Let's clap for Kenzie. That was amazing. Really
3: good.
2: So, that's so good. I have to say, like, being her friend sitting here, like, knowing some of your story and stuff, like, Y'all, that was gold, so gold so right there. And I think, like, what the root of it is, if you're not content being single, you're, you're not going to be content in a relationship. Like, let's yeah. hear that. That's good. Um, this doesn't make me better. Right. This is just a part of me at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are feeling uncontent with being single and you're, you're chasing after this relationship, Right, and you want to be in a relationship with a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, I would encourage you guys to take a step back and look and be like, what kind of relationship am I actually after here? Because the relationship we should be always chasing, whether single or married or in a relationship, is your relationship with Christ. Yes. Like That should be the thing that you're chasing. And so just make sure that that contentment Right. Doesn't come from who you're with, but comes from who you are and who you're in, which is Christ. Yeah,
0: that's so good. And then if I could just also just talk about Kenzie for a minute. She models what it looks like to wait well. And if you are around her, you see her on a Sunday morning, you will never see her sitting by herself or alone because she, she has poured into different friendships. She has invited people into her home, and she's just a good friend. Like, in this season, she's just a good friend. And then the other thing, too, like, what does it look like to wait? I also think, like, Kenzie explores, she discovers, and what I mean by that is, like, she says yes to opportunities when it comes her way. So, for example, she's going to El Salvador this summer, okay, She's saying yes to discovery. She's saying yes to exploring. Every single year she goes to camp. Every single year she goes to fall convention. She says yes because she just she's in that season where she can say yes, and yes. she models that so good. Yeah, so, yeah. I
5: really love good. Kenzie so much. She talked on prayer, so I just want to mention this quick. And I love how she's talking about, like, praying for her future husband someday. I heard a sermon that talked about praying forward for something. And that was really impactful for, for me, so I want to share it with you guys, like, our 14-month daughter, Hazel, like I'm praying forward for her for specific things. Like I pray her first day of kindergarten goes great and she doesn't cry because she's scared. Like I pray for her future husband. I pray for her wedding day. I pray for like her first job interview. Like I'm praying for those things now for my daughter because I want those things to come to pass. And we know, right, that God hears our He hears our prayers, right? He hears our cries. And so I love that you mentioned, like, I'm praying for these things of my future just Mm -hmm. as well. So pray forward right now. That's good. That's good. That's real good. All
0: right. Next question. What do you do if your partner, maybe that could be, uh, you know, a romantic partner or even just a friend, what do you do if they aren't a Christian or if they are not fully devoted to Jesus Christ?
5: What do you do? Invite them here. <laughs> no. exactly you, just, you have
2: experience and a good a good viewpoint actually because you were that person coming into the relationship not knowing Christ right <laughs> you were
0: that guy yeah you were that guy Talk tell us Tyler it. tell us that
4: hey, okay so I'm that guy and you know <laughs> look <at> you <laughs> right look at me now I'm still short so Mackenzie had a great point Andy Stanley says you know when you're single become the person that your future husband wants you to be. For in Mackenzie's case, and you know, because maybe come the future. Wait, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so work on yourself. Get good. Be, be that perfect person that your future spouse is looking for. That's a great message, Mackenzie. What was I supposed to answer? What do you oh, yeah. do if your partner
0: isn't a Christian or not fully devoted?
4: Well, first of all, you got to pray, and you got to hold him to a high standard. And it's okay to, if you're a Christian, and I'm speaking from my wife's perspective, because she was this, you know, Bible-thumping wacko. <laughs> uh, that, you know, it was really cute. And so this wrestler was like, dude, come on now. Like, that blonde, I could see hanging out with me. And she's like, sure, you can, but you better come to my church. And it's like, why are these guys all acting like they're on uh, America's Most Wanted, all raising their hands here? <laughs> like, you know, I was never seen that before. And so for her, she just went wanted, on wanted a journey with her and her mom praying, you know, asking that somehow I'd encounter God, and it was – was, it's a, an amazing testimony, if I must say so myself. Uh, but you just got to pray. Pray that that person becomes the person you're looking for. Hold them to standard. If they don't want to adhere to
3: that standard, then see you later, Gator. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's good.
3: I can say something. So, obviously, Mackenzie and I, we love Jesus, um, and so I don't have that problem. So, uh, <laughs> But as a as a pastor... <laughs> As a pastor, you you see it, you know, you you, yeah. you hear the relationships that people are in. And and I believe that God is a God of peace. And and when you when they come into your office and say, I just don't know what to do. Um, it's hard. It really is hard. And so if you're that person that's sitting right now thinking, I, I, I like this girl or I like this boy, but they don't love Jesus do yourself do yourself a favor like really consider what you're getting into because it it might not look pretty you know it doesn't really matter oh well he's charming he's he's good looking or she she gets me at the end of the day it's it's how are we growing not close not just closer together but how are we growing together in Christ and it's kind of hard when your partner is unequally yoked And the Bible talks about that, you know, and so like Clint says, really think about it, really pray about it. And if you're in a relationship right now that is causing you to get further and further away from Jesus, that's a red flag. It just is a red flag. And you need really need to build the confidence and the boldness to say, I'm done with this relationship. And if it's hard for you to do that, come talk to one of us. We'd love to help you and um and and we can go through scripture together and uh and do all of that. So I got
4: a gooder answer. Sorry, now that I had a chance to <laughs> a gooder? let this a let gooder. this marinate here. Gooder. Gooder. gooder.
2: <laughs> he knows much gooder. <laughs> all
4: right. I believe that gooder is gonna be in the def- you guys are sort of saying it and it's gonna become a word in the dictionary. Out
0: here. <laughs> You guys
4: know. So let's just say, it, hypothetically, I'm dating someone that doesn't know Jesus. I'm going to think forward about my future and how are we going to handle situations.
3: Mm.
4: What's, what is going to be your safety net? What's going to be the thing that you go back to? So when your marriage hits a rough patch, when you have yeah. problems with children, when you lose parents, when you lose family members, what are they going to lean on? So if you're going to be the one that leans on, on your relationship with God – to give you the peace that transcends all understanding? Or are you going to lean into, I'm going to drink about it. I'm going to go off with my friends. I'm going to do things that, you know, the world does. And you got to be thinking about that in the future. Like, do you want to have that relationship that when things turn bad, they turn to the streets and go do what the world does? Or are they going to turn to the Bible and you guys going to stand there together? So if they're willing to, then continue to have that relationship and just say, here's what I'm going to expect. I follow Jesus. All I ask is that you're going on a journey with me, that we would do a, a study together, that we would spend time reading what the Bible says, would pray about it, you close your eyes and pretend you're doing something, whatever it takes, and see if Jesus gets a hold of that person's heart. And if so, praise God. If not, you tried.
0: Yeah, I would say that it was modeled with Tyler and I, um, because it's a different thing to say that you're a follower of Jesus, and it's another thing to actually act like you are. And so for Tyler and I, in our relationship early on, he alluded to it. Um, there was a disconnect. Like, Jesus was not his number one priority. God was not his number one priority. It was football above all things. And that created a lot of tension in our relationship because that was not the case for me. And so I I had to open the door um, for him to walk through that relationship with Jesus. And, and if he wasn't going to step through that, then I had to shut it. And it came about this close to me shutting it, where I was like, no, I, I'm done. Like your actions don't line up with what you say. And that is when he put his foot in and he opened it. And he's like, no, this is what I want. And I'm going to change my actions and let it match my words. Yeah. So that's what changed for that's us. Good. Okay, the next question, which I'm going to kind of answer right away because it's kind of a touchy question. And then you guys can add on to it if you want. Um, it's why is keeping my virginity important? Okay, first thing that I want to say, I said this last year. When I was researching different relationship questions last year that you guys may have, um, one of the things that I Googled was, uh, what does the Bible say about having sex before marriage? And the first couple articles literally said, the Bible says nothing about it. The Bible doesn't say anything about it, okay? You can't go to Google, and you can't go to to TikTok and to all these different things to get truth. You have to go to the Word to get truth. You can't have a watered-down gospel, okay? The reason why it is important to keep your virginity before you are married is because God created sex to consummate a marriage. Meaning, once you engage with that, with another person, like once you have sex with somebody, you are marrying them. Because that is what it is created for. I'm not going to ask, I guess, but I'm sure that many of you in this room have probably seen a divorce. Whether it be your parents or someone that you know. And divorces are really, really, really messy and there's a lot of emotion with it. If you see somebody who goes through a breakup and they are distraught and their emotions all are all over the place and they're bawling and they're crying and it's like the worst thing in the world, I guarantee it's because they gave a piece of them away to that person. Because when you engage sexually with somebody, you are, you are becoming one with them because that is how God created it to be. And so you just have to know that when you engage like that and then all of a sudden it goes south, it's going to be like you're going through a divorce. It's that messy. Mm. Anything to add to that? And also, if I could add to it, when you, when you do that, like when you guys engage in that way with somebody, at this age, it's one of two things. You're either going off of your feelings, because I know you guys have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of feelings right now. Or you're going off of insecurity or lack of confidence. You want that person to love you. You want that person to really accept you. And so you feel like you have to do things to get that. So if you can just win that war in your mind about, no, I'm not going to go here because I know it's true. And I'm not going to allow my insecurity to allow me to give in to that temptation. That's going to lead to destruction. Yes.
4: Does remember an apple? Yep. Addie Cain about ready to vomit. <laughs> do you remember, do you know what it is? What's the What's the phrase? Yeah, it's the bite that hurts, right? So if you think of like an apple, as God's perfect creation of what that fruit should look like. And if we take a bite out of it, we have changed what God wants it to look like. And there's no way to put that hole back in where it was. I mean, I can fill it. Ooh, that got really hot. <laughs> but it's, you know, applesauce isn't supposed to be with a whole apple, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the did want to touch on i just had to say that because Addie's here and she about vomited that night when i bit <laughs> into the microphone is if you have given yourself away whether it's the full enchilada or some other <laughs> some other thing on the the salad Ooh. bar just What's that food? <laughs> just know that your life isn't ruined
2: right right okay? yeah okay there's
4: still redemption. God yes. still loves you. Yep. Mm-hmm. God will still forgive you. Yep. And he will still make that marriage everything you want it to be and hope it will be. But if you haven't done anything yet, save yourself. It'll be totally worth it. I promise you. But I just want to make sure there's still grace. There's yeah, still grace. grace. Yeah. God still loves you, and you will be forgiven. And if you've asked God for forgiveness, and you keep think that guilt keeps coming back, that's not from God. Right, yes. Okay?
2: One thing I, I want to say is I think when I say the church, I mean like big capital C church globally, not our church, big church, every church. I think one thing that has happened in church a lot is that we talk about sex like it's a bad thing, right? right? we like, don't do it. It's bad. You don't want to do it before marriage. The reality is is that sex in its context right. is good. It's meant to be good. It's made to be good. And with the right person in the right context, it's great. It's outside of that context that things start to get not good. Right. And so the thing about kind of holding off, waiting this, you know the idea of saving yourself is a lot of what people say. Um, it's not because it's bad, it's because in its context in the right time, it's great. And it it does all of those things. It connects you together, not just physically, but emotionally and all of these things. Like, it is designed to do something for you, right, in the context of what it was created to do. So sex in itself, it's not bad, but outside of the way God created it to be, it's not good.
3: I I, I mean, I will say this. I know society— plays a lot and shows a lot that like this is normal you know that's the normal thing to have sex outside of marriage as you see it on tv you see like it's just normal you know but we always got to go back to the word and like what pastor madison says the word says it marriage is supposed to be within marriage it's supposed to be within marriage and um and some might think well I've heard people say that, like, you should always explore. You should always see what you're getting into and, and, and all of this stuff. Can I be the one to tell you that it is so much more sweeter when you wait? It is so much more sweeter. I'm not looking back saying, well, shoot, I've maybe I should have gone into this relationship and done it before. Maybe I should have done it then. And, and I I, There's opportunities and stuff like that. I'm glad I wait. And I know some some of you might be thinking, Well shoot, what if I wait? And then next thing you know it's not that rewarding pro- pro- I promise you it's rewarding. Yeah. It really is. And so don't give in to the lie of society that says that this is normal, that you should be having sex outside of marriage. It's it's way much sweeter to wait.
0: And to emphasize what Clint said, like if if you have made that mistake, then it is not too late yes. to put, you know, push the pause button and turn around, turn it all around, you know. It's not too late. So I love that grace piece, Clint. Thank you. Okay, next question. And we're getting into, like, real, real stuff. Um, right. So obviously that was real, real. Uh, but this is also real, real because it's, it's a huge thing um, going on in our world today. What does the Bible say about LGBTQ? What is the truth about LGBTQ?
3: Who's daring? Who's
4: bold? Okay. Let's start with what is our standard? So the world tries to define what the standard of truth is. Mm -hmm. And the problem is when the world tries to define what the standard of truth is, Mm -hmm. that line continuously, progressively gets redefined. Mm -hmm. So if something can be redefined, I contend, is that really truth? I'd say the answer is no. The standard of truth would be something that is set in stone yep. that doesn't change, mm-hmm. and that's God's word. Yes. So, if we're going to look at what does the Bible say, doesn't that is not in the Bible? That acronym did not exist 2,000, 2,100 years ago, twenty two hundred years ago. L G. Those letters, yep. it didn't exist. So you have to you have to do a little bit of research, and again, can't Google it. Mm-hmm. Don't let the philosopher that sits on his couch and works at Walmart, tell you what, what the Bible says about it. Get in the word, find out what the truth
3: really is. And I would also say, uh, even people who speak on stage, pastors, always go to the word. Yep.
1: Yep.
3: Because, oh, well, because this person's a pastor and he's on stage, she's on stage. Well, it's got to be true. You always got to go back to the word. And so I love that question. What does the Bible say about this? It's not about what we think. It's not about how we feel about it. It's about what the Bible says about it.
0: That's so good. But uh, another thing I want to add to is that. I think the, the church has gotten it wrong, like Mackenzie said you know, earlier. The church has gotten it wrong when it comes to the topic of sex, like how we talk about it. This is also something I think that the church has gotten wrong, mm-hmm. and it's how we talk about LGBTQ people and our attitude towards yeah. them yes. because we elevate that specific sin, like homosexuality, let's say. We elevate that to be like, that is horrible. How could anyone uh, you know, ever whatever? And then we go and gossip about somebody else, or we stab someone in the back, or we lie about something, or we start cussing and using foul language, like that, that is not some elevated sin above all others. Like you are no better than that person that's struggling with that sin. So mm. I think as a church body, as movement youth, we just need to do a better job of loving those people well and having grace and not just immediately putting out an arm and being like, no, I'm excluding you. So, yeah, sin is sin. All right, next question. How can I heal from a broken relationship or friendship? How can I heal from a broken relationship or friendship? Kenzie?
2: Sure, I can talk about it. Um, how do I heal from a broken relationship or friendship? Are you talking like breakup or like relationship that's broken up because of
0: And it could be anything. It could be, if you want to touch on one, it could be a friendship where someone stabbed someone in the back, or it could be a relationship where it was you know, ugly crying and stuff.
2: Okay, so I have had many friends in my life. I'll just start by saying that. I have had very different seasons in my life in which those friends have been good, and then I move on to other seasons of my life, and those friends are no longer good, right? Um, I didn't get saved till I was in high school, so I had really good friends who didn't know the Lord. And when I didn't know the Lord and they didn't know the Lord, we were all doing the same things. And none of us knew any better. And I found the Lord and tried to invite them to church, bring them, not because I thought I was better, but because I knew that what I had had changed me. And I wanted that for them. I wanted them to be able to experience the freedom that I had found. Um, But the reality is, is that when you love Jesus, and I'm not talking about like, yeah, I love Jesus. I love singing these songs. These are my favorite worship songs. And it makes me feel ooey gooey. No, I'm talking about when you really love Jesus. When you really like, if somebody in my life, came and said, okay, if somebody came to my husband and said, who does Mackenzie love the most? I guarantee you he's not going to say himself because <laughs> it'd be wrong. It'd be wrong. I love him dearly. I would do anything for him. But it doesn't hold a candle to the love I hold for Christ. <laughs> it really doesn't. And so how do you heal from a, a relationship that's broken The reality is, is that if you hold these relationships to this high standard and you've found fulfillment in them and you've found contentment in them and all these, they will break you because you've invested a part of your of your heart there. Right. But if you love Jesus, if you truly love Jesus and you're truly invested in your relationship with him, these relationships that break off, it may hurt, but it won't break you. Because at the end of the day, you're rooted in something else. So how do you get over that? I mean, I understand that emotions are real. Like, they're valid. When you lose a friendship, you break up with somebody, it is valid. You've invested time and energy and emotion into it. Um, I was just telling a friend of mine over here that emotions are something that we have to understand. We have to take underneath of the authority of Christ. They're valid, and they're there for a reason, right? But our emotions have to come into alignment with God. And so we have to understand that he works all things for the good of those who love him, who truly love him. And if we're truly loving Christ and we're truly serving him, those relationships, when they fall apart, we won't fall apart after them. And we can move, we can move on in a healthy, genuine way.
0: But it comes back to knowing Christ. One thing I do want to say, and this is a quote that I hope that you remember and that sticks with you, is that you cannot treat people better than you talk about them. You cannot treat people better than you talk about them. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to, you know, if I have a, a hurt friendship and I go around and I talk poorly about that friend to everyone, there's no way that I can treat that person well. If I'm saying all these things behind their back. So you need to watch your words and you need to honor people even when they don't honor you. Another thing is that you need to um, pray for that person because it's very hard to be mad at someone when you are truly praying for them. Mm -hmm. So be praying for them. And then just look inward. What what things did I do? You know, we want to blame people a lot of the time. But what things do I need to change? What things should I learn from this? And what can I do different moving forward in my friendships and relationships? Yeah. Um,
1: I also just want to say, like, forgive. Like, always forgive. Like, if you don't forgive, I promise you're going to hold on to it longer than they are. Okay? So if you don't forgive them of, like, whatever might have hurt you from that relationship, like, they could be completely moved on and have don't even think about you anymore. And you're still, like, boiling and, like, sitting, thinking about the thoughts because you just won't give it to God. like. You know, like, just if you want God to forgive you for everything we've done, I mean, I know I'm a sinner, okay? So, like, if I want God to forgive me, like, I need to forgive people who have hurt me, okay? Yes. Yes. Best way to let it go.
3: I will say, I will say that there is nothing wrong um, with going to a Christian counselor to seek Absolutely. help. yep. There's nothing wrong with it. Yep. So. It, mm-hmm. it really did. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, one other quote that Mackenzie McKen- uh, reminded me of is. Um, bitterness is the only poison that you drink and expect someone else to die. Bitterness is the only poison that you drink and expect someone else to die. So if you're going to hang on to bitterness, you're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting the other person that you want to hurt. Okay. So you got to let go of bitterness and forgive that. Forgive them. I love that. Okay. Next question. Uh, I'm going to go to what does the Bible say about divorce? So what about if you, um, yeah, get a divorce or you get remarried? What does the Bible say about that?
3: What does the Bible say about divorce? I was (laughs) literally going through this with Caleb Jones. Um, (laughs) It's crazy. So I've got some, some scripture here. Let's see. Okay, so. All right. Um, so obviously God doesn't like divorce. You know, God um, wants God wants unity. Yeah. You know, and God also wants peace. And so if the Bible says that, um, and this is in this is in right here. Where is it? Uh, hold on here. Mark. Okay. And when Jesus answered and said, I got I to gotta make sure I get this right because this, this is really, really, all right, all right. Okay, all right. Here's what the Bible says. Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote, he wrote in the, this uh, preset, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. In the house, his disciples asked uh, asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another man, another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces, divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And so you read that scripture and you're like, okay, what does that really mean? But in the context of what this is saying, it says when you are married to someone, you can't just say for whatever reason, hey, you know what? We're just going to get divorced. I've, I've, I've got my eye on someone else and there was nothing wrong in that relationship. You just can't do that. That's committing adultery. What what God has joined together let no man separate. But then you've got this scripture right here that says, "But to the rest, not the Lord not the Lord say, if any man any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her." And a woman has, who has a husband that, that does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, the children would be unclean. But now they are holy. If the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such Cases, But God has called us to peace. That's why it's important for us to be equally yoked to our partner, to our person. And so if you are in a marriage, if if someone is in a marriage and they don't believe Jesus the the same way that you do, and they're causing you to stumble, and they decide, you know what, I can't do this anymore. This is what the Bible says. Let them depart.
0: And I just, I also want to say that the actual question um, that this person wrote was, do divorced people go to hell? Like, that was the actual question, and Mm. I just reworded it. And I just want to say that um, there are a lot of things in the Bible that God tells us not to do, but there's always redemption if we ask for forgiveness and we truly want to repent. And so I, 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 I like my heart hurts when I see that question. Do yeah. divorced people go to hell? Because I know there's someone in this room maybe that has a parent mm. um, who's left or something and you're wondering whatever. But God sees their heart and and, and that's the most important thing. So, yeah, that's
3: good. OK, it's tough. It's tough.
0: Yes. We, we're going to do two more questions. OK, uh, the next one is what are some practical things we can do to deal with sexual temptation. What are some practical things that we can do? I, I can I can like bullet I, I mean, point yeah I mean you
3: have an accountability partner. Yep. yep. Or multiple. multiple, is good. multiple is
0: good. Yep. Um I also think like limiting your social media mm. and and what you're following, that explore page can be really dangerous. Some crazy stuff can pop up on there. Um, videos that you're seeing so just just limit your social media and then if you need to install some apps on your phone to help you I know Covenant Eyes is one that helps with pornography Um, there's different apps out there where um, it'll limit what you can see so did you have something Clint?
4: So Paul says that we should flee from sexual immorality so what he means by that is if there's something that's causing you to stumble don't negotiate with it? Should I keep doing this? Should I keep hanging out? He says, run. Mm. Turn your back and run. No. Well, what does that mean? So if there is something that is causing you to stumble, if it's something that is legal to destroy, destroy it. Yeah. So if it's a gaming device, destroy it. Break it, throw it away, burn it, give it away, get get it out of there if that's causing you to stumble. Mm. If it's social media, you know, you, you for, for boys, uh, all of a sudden, the social media is always, you know, all the all the girls that you hang out with at school are posting all their spring break photos, and you're really camping out on those bikini photos, and your mind is.
6: <laughs>
4: get off social media, yeah. like you don't want that. Yeah. If if you're do, if you're doing things, got, Jesus says that hey, it, adultery. So He talked about adultery. It says that if. You know, we all know what adultery is. I imagine it's if I'm married and I go have sex with someone else or have other type of relationship with someone else. That's not my wife. That's adultery. Jesus says, if you think about somebody in that way, you've committed adultery. It says that, you know, if if I call someone a fool, I've committed murder.
2: Yeah.
4: Whoa. So if you think about like our emotions and the way we think about people, Mm -hmm. the heart, the heart is what really matters. So if there's something causing you to stumble and it's legal to destroy it, destroy it. If yeah. it's not legal to destroy it, end it, walk away from it, flee from it. That's a relationship with a person or I don't know what else would be
5: illegal, but just run away from it. Yep. You won't regret it. Tyler? I would say like, if you're someone in this room who's maybe conquered like in defeated lust, those chains have been broken. Like look who you can help Yes. because yeah. like that's important. Yeah. You know, I know, a young man who has an app with a group of friends and they stick together, like the accountability that we talked about, like, Hey, we're not going to, we're going to be in this together and we're not going back to those old ways. So like, if there's people who are struggling with lust, like if you know of somebody who's has been freed from that, go to them, talk to them, pray with them. And if you're someone who's been freed from that, lead the other people around you because you know, the, the deliverance and the freedom from that sin.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to quickly go through some red flags, and then I'm going to have Tyler end with the triangle because you just got to do that every year. So uh, one question that we normally get asked is about red flags. Like what are red flags in a a relationship, in a friendship, whatever? I'm just going to give you some bullet points. One is jealousy. If the other person is getting jealous all the time of who you're hanging out with and who you're, you know, even talking to in the hallway, whatever, that's a red flag. Another one is pushing you to do things that you don't want to do. That is a red flag. If they're trying to get you to do something that you just feel uncomfortable with, bye. Another one is asking you to send inappropriate things. Run. Run, run, run. I know that you think Snapchat is only a temporary thing. It is not a temporary thing. I can assure you of that. Do not give in to them asking f- for you to send inappropriate things. Uh, they put you down. If, if they make you feel bad about yourself and they're dwindling your confidence, that is a red flag. How do they treat their mother? How do they treat their father? If it is poor and it is bad, also run. Okay. Another one is they blame you for everything. They blame you for everything. So let's say you get in a fight and their emotions are everywhere and it's a drama fest. And then all of a sudden they point the finger and they say it's all because of you. That is also a red flag. And then the last thing that I said last year um, that you guys kind of laughed at, but it's true. If they say that all their exes are crazy, run. Okay? There's there's a a theme that's, that I'm continues to right? run. Yes. Um, run! If all of their exes are crazy and all their exes have done, you know, horrible things, it's uh, mm, probably a, a two-way street. Okay, so Tyler, to end this triangle, please.
5: I love this. <clears throat> um, I was gonna say something else, I forgot. Okay, we'll talk about the triangle. So picture a triangle, right? It's got three points to it, and if you put yourself, so Pastor Madison and I, if I put myself in this corner and Pastor Madison in this corner, and God at the top. The only way to get closer to my spouse in this scenario is to get closer to God. But if I get close to God, and she does not, and stays down here, I'm the same distance apart. But if we're both growing and getting closer to God together, then we can meet right at the top. And I don't, I think it might have been Mark Mollify who showed me that, I don't, I don't remember, props to Mark, um, but it just, I i think about it, I mean, not all the time, but every once in a while, it just reminds me, like, just keep growing closer to God. Just keep growing closer to God, because if she's growing closer to God, which I know she is, like, we're going to be growing closer together, and our actions will be godly, our thoughts will be godly, our marriage will be godly, our parenting will be godly. And the other thing, this is what I was going to say, of, like, it's awesome to get our thoughts, and a lot of what we did, we pointed it back to Scripture. So that's, like... That's the action step. you got to get in the Word. And we talked about prayer. you got to pray. Like, those might be boring bullet points. Pray, read the Bible, Uh, everybody says that. That's the foundation. Like, that's your relationship and your communication with God. That's where it starts. And watch what happens. Like, I just, the last three months, I mean, I've received so much from the Word of God and so much that God has put on my heart because I've been active and I've been, Diligent, and I've been like obedient. Like I'm getting in the Word because I want to know Him more, and I want to know more. And and so I just think like pray and get in the Word. So important.
0: And and I just want to speak to anyone who maybe feels a little bit discouraged about. You know, maybe you are walking strong for the Lord and you're doing the right things, and you just feel like you have no friends around you that are guiding you correctly, or you feel like every relationship that you've had or that even maybe you're pursuing now isn't good. I just want to say that Tyler in um in the season of college when he first started to come to know Christ, he had a group of friends that weren't super great and <laughs> that weren't super godly, and um, for him, at times it was very discouraging because it was like he was pursuing the Lord, and he just wanted them to get it so badly, and for them to encourage one another, but it just didn't happen, and what I want to say is this past year, some of those men that wanted nothing to do with Christ, wanted nothing to do with God, saw this, this man here, his pursuit of the Lord, and they have reached out from afar, and they've been like, I want to be the dad you are. I want to be the husband that you are because I I see what you're doing. I see, you know, who you're going after, and I want that for myself. So it's in the long game, guys. Don't be discouraged with friends or relationships. If you feel like you're alone, like, keep pursuing the Lord, and the right people will come, and the right heads will turn in your direction and want the same thing that you have.
5: Can I say one more thing? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: I have one more. (laughs)
5: God's going to honor your faithfulness. And so I was talking to Pastor Madison. There was only like a dozen of you here at the time earlier tonight. And I just thought God is currently using you guys and he will continue to use you guys. Like we just think about like all the things that God has yet to do in your life. You can look back and remember all that he has done for you. But it's like just know that you're a big part of what God's doing. And if If you want to be a part of that, keep going. Like, stay faithful to what God's calling you to do.
2: I just, um, I'm kind of, like, stirring over here in my seat. If there's, we're talking a lot about healthy relationships, and I'm not naive to think that some of you aren't in extremely unhealthy relationships right now. And so some of you might be listening to all of this stuff and, like, that's great. I get it. But I am stuck. I'm stuck here. I can't get out of this. Or maybe, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know if some, somebody in this room is stuck in a relationship that's slightly abusive. Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just wanting to tell you guys tonight that it's time to break free of that. It's time to break free of that tonight. And he's going to give you the power and the wisdom to do that. Um, and tonight during worship, if you would allow yourself to hear from him, he is going to speak and speak very clearly on what I would describe as an escape plan for you. Um, I'm not saying this because I thought about this beforehand. I'm saying this because I truly feel like the Holy Spirit is in this. That escape is coming, and the plan will be revealed to you tonight if you will open up your ears to hear from him during worship.
3: And I, and I should say this, that – and if it's you – Who's in your seat right now that's thinking, yeah, I'm the one that's dealing with sexual uh, temptation and I don't know how to share that because if I share it with somebody, I feel like this, like my whole world is over and and, and people are going to see me as this person. Don't give in to that lie. If you're dealing with this, bring it to the light. Talk to somebody because the Bible says this that what is hidden in the dark will eventually come to the light. It will eventually come to the light, and it will be messy. And so come to somebody. Go to somebody and say, this is me. I'm dealing with this. Go to our leaders. We have so many leaders here that want to help you, that want to pray with you and pray for you, continue to pray for you. And so don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. Yes.
2: Yep. Not your friends. Because they won't know what to do. I'll just tell you this right now. People in your age in who are in the same life, like season of life that you are, are going to see things the same as you are. If you want wisdom, look outside of that. Yeah. I mean look to some people who have been there, who have done this, who have worked our way. Yeah. That's good.
0: Let's give it up for our panel tonight. All right, so making the way to the stage is none other than our lovely Kaylee, and Kaylee is going to um, share something that's on her heart and lead us into worship. So let's let's give it up for Kaylee tonight. I'm going to keep going.
6: So I want to start off with a question that I have for everyone, which is, do you know that God personally chose you, that the everlasting God of the universe personally chose you for this exact moment in time, that the most holy and that the king of kings sent his one and only son to die for you? John 3.16, one of the most quoted scriptures of all time, for God to love the world, That he gave his one and only son, that for whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. A piece of scripture that we often read without fully applying to our life. So let me tell it to you like this. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so so that you shall not perish, but that you can have eternal life. The gospel is personal in your life. Jesus gave his life, and he did it with you on his mind. Here's what the word says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet of the nations. God tells us that he knew us even before we were formed. God declared you to be sacred before you even opened your eyes. And as Jesus, the perfect man, was whipped and beaten, as the son of the living God took the nails that hung his holy body to the cross, he had you on his mind. every I'm not talking to a specific person. Every single person in this room, he had on his mind. Jesus knew that you would sin. Jesus knew that you wouldn't be perfect. Jesus knew that we would face trials, and yet as we we're still sinners. Christ died for us. So as we were wrapping up our love series, I hear someone in this room thinking, whatever, you don't get it. No one loves me. This whole love thing doesn't fully apply to me. My parents don't tell me that they love me. My friends don't seem to care about me. I'm just not loved. But can I tell you that you cannot be farther from the truth? Someone loves you so unexplainably much that he personally died for you. Jesus loves you so much that he personally died for you so that you could live. So don't tell me that you aren't loved. And I hear someone else thinking, yeah, I know God loves me, but you don't understand. I don't feel any love from anyone else in this world. And that's where I say, well, luckily for you, you are not of this world, but you are called out of it the love of god is so incredibly greater so much stronger than the love of any person in this world any of your parents your boyfriend your girlfriend your friends your siblings whoever it is the love of god is so much higher and so much greater and you have that free gift of having it you don't have to do anything to get god's love you do not have to earn it. Jesus loves you. And when you wrap your head around God's love for you and how incredibly great it is, you will not even for a second doubt that you are loved. So each week we have the opportunity to um, pray. And for those who have either walked away from God and need to um, uh, reconnect their relationship and restore their relationship back to him. Or for those of you who have never accepted God's love into your life and are making that decision tonight after realizing just how great and strong his love personally is for you, we have that op- that opportunity to pray for. So if you all can just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I'm going to count to three, and for those of you who are ready to make that commitment and declare that they are ready to accept the love that God has for them, and they're not going to turn back, they know that they love him, you know that you love him, that he loves you, and you accept that into your heart, and if you just need to restore your relationship back with him, if you've known that he loves you, you've, you've understood that love he has for you, but you've kind of walked away you've kind of gotten stuck in the world's love and and let that um, turn you down, uh, discourage you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, on the count of three, will you just lift up your hands? One, two, three. You see those hands? You can put those down. Thank you. All right, if you can just repeat after me, and everyone um, in here will uh, repeat and support with you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me and for loving me unconditionally. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. Jesus, I accept your love. Give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every aspect of my life. help me from this day forward to live for you with all my heart, all my mind, and all my strength. I love you, and I know that you love me. Amen.
0: If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks
3: for tuning in.